0: Right now, there are chains that need to be broken. So now, saints, those of you who are moved by the Holy Spirit, we need to pray right now in Jesus' name because the presence of the Lord is so strong. Chains, right now, chains can be broken. Lord, our faith and our trust is in you right now. We have no power. We have no ability Father, we just give ourselves to you in this moment. Holy Spirit, use us to minister your word. Strengthen us with the power of your might that we may be able to pray the right prayer. You said in moments like this, not to worry about what we should say, but that you'll give us the word. So in this moment, give us the words. Lord, I pray for the captives. You've already set them free. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that the enemy of our soul, we we rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. you, you, The blood of Jesus has set us free, all of us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We yield to your power now. Lead, guide, and direct in everything that we do. The weapons of our warfare, church, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds that need to be broken. In Jesus' name, we come against them right now. In Jesus' name, we bind our faith together. And these strongholds, these lies from the past, these bad experiences that we've had, these lies that have absolutely blocked us, yes. that caused us to put up walls. In Jesus' name, we come again. We bind our faith together. Lord, let whoever these people are, Father, let them feel your loving arms around them. Father, they, they have no perspective. They have no, they have no point of reference, Lord. But Father, somehow, some way, we, we bind the strong man in his house right now and we ask, Lord, that they know that they have a sense of how much that you love them, how much that you care for them. Right now, even now, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now we rejoice, Lord. We have joy because we know that you're doing a great work among us. Father, we just thank you for adding to the church daily those who are being saved. Father, we thank you. And we praise you, Lord, right now for blind eyes being opened. And we praise you right now, Lord, for... Father, for wombs being healed. Father, we praise you right now, Lord Jesus, for these, these ailments, these pains, these aches, these things that have, Father, that have trapped us, that have caused us to have pause. Father, we come against them, and we're giving you thanks, Lord Jesus, right now that they have to dry up and go away, that they have to bow at the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, 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 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to try to minister the message that I believe the Lord laid on my heart, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we've been over the past few weeks, we've been in a lot of different places, but they all boil down to us yielding and and walking in the spirit and this presence and this power of God working through us. Because I believe in my heart that firmly that's what God, that's how God is going to add to the church. Uh, Mary, that one on the the, uh, loop, would you please, uh, that Charles Spurgeon quote, would you please put that up there? I'm going here. This is not scripted. This is just, it's on the uh, welcome loop. And forgive me, that's not Mary's fault, that's my fault, I just threw her a curve. While she's getting it, we've been talking over the past few weeks about passion, faith, and walking by faith, walking with the Spirit, which means, listen, living your life in the Spirit, uh, the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, spiritual fruit and gifts of the Spirit that come because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and His, His influence on our lives. right? And then last week, this was just strong in my, in my gut. In my, <clears throat> what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Now, I want to tell you, and thank you, Mary, so much, and I apologize for throwing you that curve. My mom sent me this, and I know, that, I know why she sent me this. She sent me this because this is, this is firmly where I am, and this is firmly, I think, where, the, where, where, where we're missing it. The, the modern church now, this modern co- contemporary American culture church where we're trying to do all these things that are so appealing. The problem is when you stop doing that, what happens? Amen. Charles Spurgeon, a, a mighty man of God, in the, in the 19th century, from the 19th century he said this. So, so here's what I know. People are the same. They were the same when Jesus walked the earth. They were the same after he left. They've been the same for centuries and we will be the same. But I got good news. God is the same. He doesn't change. He's just as powerful. Listen, the same God that parted the Red Sea is the same God that's active in your life right now and in mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But today, we're going to start off. um, uh, So I'm just ready to explode in the spirit here. God is so good. This week, I was so blessed. uh, on Friday, I got to spend some time with a couple of my grandchildren. And when I had them with me, I mean, I try not to beat them up too much and just want to see where they're at with the Lord and all that. And I challenged one of them about um, studying the the gospel according to John. And, you know, we started talking a little bit about it. I try to keep it down. I don't want to ruin their time with me, and I want to enjoy the time, and I don't want to preach at them or be preachy or anything. But I, 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 I had asked her. You know, where are you, blah, blah, blah. What about the studying? It's been a long time, Pop, since I've been in that. I said, okay, but, okay, uh, you remember what John 3.16, everybody in the world on the planet knows what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? John 3.16, everybody. Just go to a football game, and I don't think they even do that anymore, but, you know, uh, are you with me? But I had, I carry around an amplified Bible in one of my trucks, and so I had that. So I said, hey, honey, turn to John 3.16 in the Amplified and read that for me. And so here's what it says. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son, so that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, whoever trusts and clings to relies on him shall not perish Come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. See, believe equals trust in, cling to, rely on, also commit to. See, my brothers and sisters, and what I, I, I said, well, what do you think of that? You know, and I'm, I'm trying to get her to realize this belief is not a, and, and, and please forgive me, I know this is rudimentary and elementary, but you know, we need to get a hold of this. Because to really have God, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about the promises and the blessings of God. I'm all about that Holy Spirit inside of me, living through me and in me. I'm all about having the power of God unto salvation. Yeah, but the power of God to work in my life here and now. I'm all about that. But unless I really understand and believe. See, it cannot be just a simply a mental disposition. It cannot be something that's just an intellectual. I understand on an intellectual level. It makes sense to me somehow, some way. And so now I can go ahead and I can believe that in my mind. No, it's got to be something that you are committed to, something that you're trusting and you're adhering to it. You're relying upon it. It's how you live. It's part of you. Are you with me? That's the difference. That's what makes us born again Christians. So what are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? Mark 10, 15 and 16 says this. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms the children, and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. Now we know, my brothers and sisters, see, when, when when the Lord was really dealing with me about this message, I had that picture in my mind. Because remember, at this point, you know, the people are, are they they're hearing this, this rabbi, this teacher, and he's teaching and he's loving on people and he's performing these signs, wonders, and mirrors. He's unlike anybody they've ever experienced before. So they're bringing their children to the rabbi so that he can bless them because he's a man. There's, there's something different about this man. They want the blessing. And so now the children, probably, they're clinging to him, they're on him, and, and his apostles, his, his disciples, try to you know, rebuke them, keep them away from the master. and all. no. Let them, for such is the kingdom of God. See, anyone who is like, see, we need to approach God like that. Like what? He says it, I believe it. I don't have to test it in my mind and it doesn't have to make sense to me. Jesus said this and I'm just going to trust him. See, oh, that's, see, Tony, that's because you're ignorant and you need a crutch. You know, you you need a, a crutch. No, it's because he's the true and living God. And because now that I've lived for something years, I understand that even more. More, it would be harder. It would take more faith for me not to believe in Him right now than to believe in Him. He's t- He's carried me too far. He's been with me too long. He's proved Himself to me so many times. I have too many testimonies, and I know too many people that have the same testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I, there's just too many. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Hallelujah. for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, I can't help but to believe. But I remember and I think about this and I remember um, my father. He When he was he used to tell a lot of stories to the kids, my grand, his grandkids, my kids, and my sister's kids. Uh, he, you know, I, I remember one time we were in his church, and you know, my son Anthony was really small, a lot smaller than he is right now, maybe not even half the size that he is right now. But he, my father was demonstrating something, and he was, ta- he was talking about trust and believe. So he put Anthony on a platform, and he told him, jump to me, he put his hands out. And Anthony, without even hesitation, just jumped to him, Right? He, Anthony had no fear. He knew that if he was jumping, Dad was catching him. My other, uh, my nephew, his other grandchild, Stephen, who used to come here once in a while, uh, he used to, he, he would, he would make his muscle. My father would blow on his thumb and then flex his muscle, and he told him that's how you do it. That kid <laughs> about popped a blood vessel trying to <laughs> blow that, because mu- he believed him. He also told my son many stories about what he was in the military. He did this, he did that, he did the other thing. He drove tanks, but he told my son he was also a chef, and he, and he cooked in the tank. There was a little... <laughs> and, and so my son was telling me, said, no, that's not... Pop is pulling you. Yes, he did, Dad. Yes, he... Because <laughs> he's a kid, and he just believes, Pop is going to say this to me, and that's just the way it is. See, that's what Jesus is talking about. We have to have that, that innocence so that, and, and, and to be like a child so that when he says it to us, we understand we believe it, because we trust him, and we not, listen. and it's not because he says so, it's because he's already proved himself to us. Yes, he yes, he See, he's, uh, he's already stretched his arms out for me. He's already been beaten beyond recognition for me. He's already proved himself. So when he says something, that I don't, I don't OK, Jesus, you've already proved yourself. There's, there's nothing, there, there, okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me go back, and I, wanna, I just want to remind some of you. I'm going to be reading right now from Isaiah chapter 52, and I'm going to go into 53. In Isaiah chapter 52, beginning in verse 13, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high, just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man. In his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. Who, who's, who's the word of God speaking about right there? Jesus. Continuing now into chapter 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We had hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. We are healed, excuse me. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. My brothers and sisters, I want to break that down for us just a little bit, and I know that we have many people have been in, in this room who have been in the Lord for a long time, and you're familiar with the scripture, but just hear my heart this morning. No, no. Hear God's heart this morning. Amen? Amen. So now we're going back. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. What, is, what the, the, the Holy Spirit through the, through the uh, prophet is saying, my servant is going to be wise. He's going to walk circumspectly. He's going to live very carefully. He's going to live alert. And he's, he's commanded us to do the same thing, hasn't he? Be circumspect, be alert, be guarded. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And he did that. Remember, the scripture tells us very plainly. He, he raised him up to an, a new glory. He, he sits at the right hand of the Father. There's no one higher. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any, any man and his form more than the sons of men. You know what that's saying? That's saying he was beaten so bad that you couldn't even tell, hardly tell he was a man. He was, Jesus, Jesus suffered such torture that he was barely recognizable as a man. So now, I want to go back just a bit. I'm not trying to gross anybody out. I'm not trying to make, you know, stir stirring emotions, but think about that. Think, of, young, young folks, think about that for a minute. He's already proved something to me. He was beaten beyond recognition voluntarily. He, he, he was, he, he, so when he tells me something, I believe him. He sprinkled many nations. What do, what do you think that means? Remember, this kind of, this alludes to, I believe, you know, when, uh, when they read the word and the people, they were, they were, the blood was mixed with water. And, they, and remember, there the priests, they sprinkled the people, and that was for cleansing. He sprinkled the nations. He cleansed us with his blood. He sprinkled the nations, not just the Jewish people. He was for everyone. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. It it has astounded, from the early church, and then in many other cultures and in many other nations. You think about, in in, you know, the Romans. It astounded them. It was a you know they had to start killing the Christians because they were so influential on the culture. They were so influential on the other people. My brothers and sisters, it astounded kings. Christians were persecuted because, they, but because of the influence, and there was nothing that anyone could do to stop them from believing. They fed them to lions. They made them street lamps. They, they lit them on fire. They did all of those brutal and horrible things. And, it, and then it did have a, a, an effect on Constantine. Now, whether you're one who believes historically he just did something that was politically expedient because the Christianity was becoming so popular, or whether you believe that he actually had an experience with God, it doesn't matter. Either way, those people... Christ in them, it, kings had to take notice. Okay. And not just Christianity, yeah. but also we know that wherever God gets involved, kings have to take a step back. Romans 15. For I will not dare, beginning in verse 18, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. What the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm not going to brag on anything that hasn't been done by Christ through me. Verse 19, in mighty signs and wonders... In mighty signs and wonders. And notice I have that underlined for a reason. The power of the Spirit of God. That is bolded for a reason. So that from Jerusalem and around about to um, Yeah. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel. Not where Christ was named. Lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written. To whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. Where was that written? Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13. We just read it. When Isaiah wrote that down, that was, a pro- that was about 800 years prior to Jesus coming. So about 800 years prior to Jesus coming, it happened just like he said it would happen. There's a, th- my brothers and sisters, it's too, you know, when people tell, well, man wrote the Bible. Man wrote the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. When you have somebody could say that accurately, what would happen eight centuries, approximately eight centuries later, and it happened just like he said? And it's more than that. You guys know that. There's more than just that one thing that we can point to and say that God is true. Every man be a liar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now back to Isaiah, verse 50, I mean, uh, chapter 53. He is despised and rejected by men. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Matthew 8, beginning in verse 14. Now, when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and served them. Many healed after the Sabbath sunset. There were many healed after the Sabbath sunset. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. My brothers and sisters, that is an awesome, awesome thing. Awesome thing. We're going we're gonna to hang around here just for a little bit. We'll push on this just for a little bit. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. I want to start with that last piece first, because here's the problem. Part of the problem, as I see it, in in so many times I run into folks who think that you know basically they're decent folks, and you've done this too in our uh, appeal to try and um, win disciples or make converts or you know, do, just preach the gospel. You know, we run into people who think that they don't need Jesus, they don't need Christ. Basically, they're good people. The good outweighs the bad. They're, car- they're, they're concerning or comparing themselves with the current culture. They see the 6 o'clock news, they hear all the atrocities that are going on, and compared to that, they, they all do look like saints. But see, that's, that's me and you know that that's not what it is. When you read a word like this, Jesus, the, the, the Father of, of heaven, the, our God, our great Father, he's telling us all have gone astray. How many? All. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. There's none righteous. No, not one. Right? We can't achieve the righteousness of God. His requirements. So he did it for us. My brothers and sisters, It's very, very difficult. And I have even run into it with people in the church who have been in church for so long and they've been blessed and they have testimony, and then, you know, that's it. They're topped out. They almost, you know, you almost see, and we're supposed to be going from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God. We're always learning. We're always, God is so deep. How can I even get to the bottom? I can't, I can't, I will never understand when I'm face to face with him, right? But I'm always learning. I'm always growing in my relationship with him. And the only way I can do that is through his word, amen? Okay, so I, I knew you had to say that, Tony, at least one or two times before the sermon's over. Yeah, and I'll probably say it a few more. But my brothers and sisters, that's the only way you get to know him is through his word. And it's the only way you get to grow. It's the only way you understand him. And then when you do that, when you start to read and understand and you look at Jesus, then you can then instead of comparing myself to the people on the six o'clock news, instead of comparing myself to those people who are doing such atrocities and hurt, hurtful, then you don't even have to go far. My wife was telling me yesterday they were having a, a garage sale at her sister's house, and somebody pulled in front of a mailbox or something, and, and you know they're out there. And there's kids and there's everything, else and there's two ladies yelling the f word at each other just for being parked in front of a mailbox. So when you see that stuff and you think, man, I you know I can't do that, especially to a neighbor or anything. Like that, you know what? Does that's not what it is. Yeah, I look good compared to them, but let me ask you something. You know when that person cut you off and you didn't flip the bird, but you thought about it? Come on now, don't get holy on me because you're in church now. Come on, remember? You know, you didn't say it, but it got right about here and it almost came out. Now, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to tell you the truth. See, because look at. God is not worried about what's definitely coming out of your mouth. He's worried about what's inside of you. Amen. See, the law proves to you on the, this is wrong, this is wrong, but the law can't change you. And you controlling your tongue, which I'm in agreement with you, you need to control your tongue, but listen, once... That, that, that gets here and it's almost coming out and that's, that condition is on the inside of you. Now, yeah, control it. Don't let it come out. Don't complicate the issue, but that's still, that, that's indicating something's you know, in need. You still need to grow. You, need, you still need to learn something. Come on, you still need some fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Those, you still need some fellowship with the saints. You still need to be around some people who are going to help, help you. They're going to edify you. We're going to build up the body together. You still need some people around you that will hold you accountable, love you enough to tell you you got some schmutz on your face. Let me help you clean it off. Hallelujah. But that won't say, I'm better than you, so i got to clean it off. No, listen, I had someone yesterday, so-and-so, help me out. Let me help you out. Amen. That's it. That's what this is all about. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But so now let's continue. If you go back in there, when it says about Jesus that he was uh, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that sorrows and grief. I want to sp- let's let's push on grief just a little bit. When it's talking about grief, it's talking about physical stuff, it's talking about ailments in the body, that's talking about ailments in the body. So, watch, he took all of our sin, all of the ailments, all of the curses, all of the things that were passed down by our brother Adam, all of those things that were passed down to us, he took them. Amen. But see, here's, here's, and Holy Spirit, help me. I want to pop right now. Look, but here's the problem. We get this feeling that we got to jump through a bunch of hoops and, and, and we got to, you know. Walk just like this and, and just do everything just right. No, that's the whole, this is the great thing. The good news is, no, we don't have to do that. He already did that. So what we need to do is just get close to him. We need to be in him. And, and all that that implies, that means we need to go ahead, read this, know who he is, receive the spirit that he gave us, and then walk accordingly uh, to that spirit. Just, just know Jesus and walk according to what he's placed in us, on us, what he's told us, Right? And then, listen, you're worthy. You're, you're worthy. You're worthy of what? You're worthy to be healed. Thank you. Because he's already t- t- he's taken all of the rebellion. When, when he speaks to those things, when he speaks about um, your sins, all oh, the iniquities, uh, the transgressions, transgressions speaks specifically about rebelling against the Lord of God. I mean, the, the, word, uh, the, the law of God, amen. And so you're, you're rebelling against the, the word of God, and that's your transgression. You transgressed his law. Anything that he said that you don't do, that's, that's rebellion. And then, my brothers, iniquities, these perversions, these things that, that we carry on or we twist things, and we, we're just, my brothers and sisters, it says that he's taking all of that, everything that I have done and everything that I will do, he nailed that to the cross, And not only that, the griefs and the sorrows, he took all of that to the cross. So that means my physical pain, the diseases, everything, the curse. See, remember Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were built to last forever. There was none of this stuff that existed on earth. Everything was made to last forever. They rebelled against the law of God. They rebelled against the word of God. And they allowed all. God didn't say, now I'm going to curse you. No, here's what happened. As a result of you doing that, you'd allow the curse to come. Because the wages of sin is death. That's a spiritual law. The wages. Of so because you did this thing, now you allowed that to come into your realm. And listen, remember this? What they did? What did they do? Immediately, they covered themselves with leaves, right? Shame. Immediate shame. Now let me tell you what happens sometimes as human beings when we experience shame and guilt unless we go to Jesus we cannot rid ourselves of that so we continue to do things to try to cover up and hide and we exacerbate the problem And so now this this burden gets bigger and we've had some stuff happen in our lives that wasn't really that you know what I'm so sick of hearing about these young people who are absolutely abused by adults And now they have to carry that with them the rest of their lives. So if there is a a, a compartment of hell that's worse than any other, I got a feeling those people who abuse those children, that's reserved for them. My brothers and sisters, can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. I was very fortunate. I had a good mom and dad raised me right. But I'm telling you something. I can't imagine somebody who had that kind of influence on their life or just somebody who maybe wasn't physically abused but they were verbally or orally abused all the time or always told that they weren't good enough or, or whatever and they had to live with that and so now guilt and shame during their lives they never really turned to the lord so so what are they going to turn to other things Other things to try to cover that shame, to try to, and my brothers and sisters, you and me both know, we could sit in a church service and this is, and you're going to say yes and amen and I'm going to say yes and amen, but the fact of the matter is, I have to do better. We have to do better. What? Yeah. You know what? We have to show the love of Christ to let these folks know that, listen, if you've suffered anything in the past, you don't have to worry about getting no fig leaf. It ain't going to do any good anyway. You know how I know that? Because God said, let me go ahead and show you how this is done. There's going to have to be some, some blood spilled. There's going to have to be some sacrificial animals here. That, so I don't stomp you like a bug. I'm going to show you how this is done. Then I'm going to give you their skin so that you can wear and cover your shame. Isn't that what he did? God gave them skins of animals. And I believe my heart that God gave them the skins of animals and he was showing them how to do it, to spill the blood. Because how do I... How, what, because Abel knew what sacrifice to make before God. Amen. How did he know that? It was passed down to him by his mom and dad. Adam and Eve must have passed it down to him. So he knew that the shedding of blood had to happen in order for his sin to be covered up. But everything was made to be permanent. Everything was made great. and, and, and they, So we have this, this, this thing passed down to us. And so what do we do about it? Well, my brothers and sisters, we do all kinds of things. Drugs, sex, sex with the wrong people, lies. That's just in the church. None of these things can ever satisfy. None of these things can ever change me. I've got to get to that place where I absolutely understand this. Jesus was so deformed, not just by the beaten, but by all of the trash that went on top of him. All of that garbage. He was barely recognizable. I could I could just imagine. Do you know, like when you get some diseases and stuff, it changes your appearance? I, I got. I, listen, I have. I'm telling you, this is my. This is Tony. This is Tony. I'm not saying, "Thus saith the Lord." I'm just saying, I've got this feeling that besides the beating that he took, but man, could you, but all of the garbage that, all of the sin, it just changed. It it, it changed him. It, you know what? You ever you ever feel bad and you, you get hunched over a little bit? You ever? I've had my, my wife tell me, "What's wrong?" <laughs> I said, oh. Nothing, I was actually feeling pretty good until you just said that, but no. No, but you know you know how it is. You could tell sometimes when someone's not feeling good just by their look. Could you imagine if all of the grief of your grief, my grief, all of the grief of the whole world was put upon him, how it must have changed his appearance? Come on now. I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I'm not trying to evoke any emotions. I'm trying to get you to understand how much he loved you and what he did for you. And so that now, when he says something to me, I'm going to believe him. Amen. What are you willing to believe? And what, listen, uh, let me remind you from last week, this scripture uh, with Christ. You know, this is talking now about uh, uh, Paul is, is reminding the church, or, or he's trying to warn the church at Colossae. Verse 8, he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. See, you've got all of these spiritual blessings, he's telling us. Paul is teaching us, the Holy Spirit through Paul. You've got all of these spiritual blessings. He's, he's, Man, he's led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. You've got the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us about the spiritual blessings in Colossians. And then he says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Power. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. I want the power of God in me. I want the power of God to flow through me. Not my own power. He's not going to make me powerful. He's going to have his power flow through me. I don't achieve anything. The only thing I do is I believe on that cross of Christ. I believe that he took all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my guilt. I believe that he took all of my sicknesses and my disease. And it was nailed up there on that cross. I don't have to try to figure it out. You see what it says? Uh, I just want to remind you again. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, vain deceit, according to the tradition of men. You know one of the first men I have to try to ignore is this one right here and I'm pointing to myself. I've got, the first one that I have to ignore is me. When my own flesh rises or my own intellect. Yeah, some of you think, I know, you ain't that smart anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to preach to this side because it came from there. No, think about that. The first man, the first one that I have to, is me. The traditions, what I know, what I think, what I feel but wait a minute, we already settled this in previous messages, and you've already settled this long before you heard this little old pastor preach. That is, listen, I'm walking by faith, not by sight. I'm walking according to the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. What does that mean? I'm walking, I'm living my life out by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the Spirit of God. I'm living my life out that way. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm living my life according to the Spirit of God. So that's already been settled. Well, if that's you, you've already got that all settled and you've got it all worked out. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Not all of us in this room have that worked out. Anybody make any mistakes this week? I mean, as it relates to our walking in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But here's what I know I go to him. I say, Lord, he checks me. That Holy Spirit in me checks me. And, and I go to him and I say, Lord, forgive me. You're forgiven. Let's go. Let's pick this thing up where we left off. Come on. Let's go. Hallelujah. That's the love of God. That's how much he loves us. So now, listen, uh, when I ran this by Michelle, because what really what bothers me, what gets me worked up, and I'm going to go a little long. I'm just telling you that right now. You guys took too much time at the beginning praising and worshiping. So he got his time. I can, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get mad at me. I'm not trying to be. Just kidding. But think about this for a minute. When I was talking to Michelle a little bit about what the message, where I was going, I was talking about I'm so sick and tired of the people of God always having physical ailments. I'm so sick of it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Well, it sounds like you're saying that people who have physical ailments are in sin. I'm not saying that. But what are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? If he says that he took our grief to the cross with him, he killed it, he nailed it to the cross, then I don't need to accept it. Amen. And I'm not going to accept it. Now i 'm not trying to condemn anybody there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ i can't, I, I don't want to condemn anybody i 'm just trying to help you because i 'm going to tell you now you see that word sorrows he 's acquainted with sorrows right? You know what sorrows is it could be Anguish, like mental anguish, physical anguish, but it has to deal with anguish, you know, emotional anguish. It has to do with uh, f- uh, mental anguish. Maybe I'm not suffering in my physical body right now. Maybe old Tony's got a healthy body right now. Maybe, but listen, but my, my brothers and sisters, I've got other issues. Now, you didn't have to say amen. So I heard, again on this side, I'm going back to this side. I've got other issues. Right? Man, my mind, you could, man, Michelle had to kick me around a couple times this week because I vent to her and she's saying, did God tell you that? Amen. No. Amen. No, Mom. <laughs> I, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for the people in my church. I'm concerned, am I doing the right thing, Lord? Am I, Lord, is this message for them? Lord, I, it's always... And it's, I suffered his anguish. I see the young men and young women that have been in and out. Some of them are your kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews that have been in and out of this church. Now they're out. They're not going to anybody's church. They're living according to the tradition of men. They're living according to the philosophy that they're hearing on, thus, say, Facebook. Thus, say, i Snapchat. I'm, it vexes me. It causes me great anguish and sorrow when I see young people continuously lie to. They're believing the lie. They will not receive the things of God. It's not exciting enough. It's old-fashioned coming from an old-fashioned preacher like me. When you just, the truth isn't good enough and you got to put on a carnival. Man, I'm telling you something, my brothers and sisters, it causes me anguish. It causes me sorrow. Am I justified in it? No. He took those to the cross. I'm I'm anxious for my grandchildren, the ones that are already here, and any ones that he blesses me with in the future. I'm I'm, I'm concerned for them. What are they growing up in? I'm concerned for your children, for the young people that are in the next room over there. I'm concerned for them. So now if I really sit and think about that, I could get sorrowful. I get anguish. No, with this scripture, this, you know what? Just as much as I'm saying to you. See, I don't care about my body. I, I've, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. This week. Um Ah, I'm not going to tell you because it's it's kind of embarrassing. Let me just go to the next verse. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals your diseases. See, my brothers and sisters, some people will say when it says in that scripture in Isaiah, he, he heals us. By his stripes we are healed. they are saying, well, he just means physical. Well, if you want to stay that, that's fine. But the scripture says that that's not it. When he's talking about grief, he's talking about physical pain. When he's talking about sorrow, you know what? You depressed? You depressed? Go to God. Amen. Go to God. Because Jesus... Jesus experienced all of that and he took it to the cross with him. You don't have to suffer with it anymore in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So just as much as I believe, my brothers and sisters, that by his stripes I'm physically healed, my sorrows, mental, emotional, I can receive all of that healing. I've got freedom from all of that. Psychological, I can have freedom from all of that. It's just as real. So look, I believe he forgives all my sins. So that's the first step. Some of us, again, because of our past and because of the things that we have experienced, and even because some of the Christians that we've seen, we don't. Are we really forgiven? Do I really, first of all, do I really need to be forgiven? Secondly, could one man on a cross 2,000 years ago actually die for all my sins? Yes, yes, and yes. He's, you're forgiven and you're worthy. And he did all of that for you. So now receive all of his benefits. He wants to heal your disease. He wants, in verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. God loves you. It doesn't matter how your spouse is treating you. It doesn't matter how your boyfriend, girlfriend, next door. It doesn't matter. God loves you. So now listen. Receive that first. And then you can deal with your spouse, your neighbor. Are you with me? Are you with me? Receive that down deep in your soul where you know that you know that you know that Jesus loves you. He did all of that for you, period. Receive that so we can get on with this thing. Are you with me? All right. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He's going to sustain you. He's going to give you spiritual food that you need. That's what that's talking about. He's going to give you the spiritual nourishment that you need. And you're going to, be, listen, you're going to, you're going to be satisfied and your youth is going to be renewed. I don't know about you, but we got a, somebody in here who's celebrating, another, who's another year older. And he may need some youth renewed. He's probably <laughs> something. Happy birthday, Michael. And yeah, I got the stink eye for Michael. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's, I, did I say 50? I meant uh, 29. Mike, 29. Okay, 39, we'll stick there. It's probably closer to the truth anyway. So, we'll see. All right, well, happy birthday to Michael. But listen, my brothers and sisters, that he's going sa- to renew our strength. You know, he's got, uh, my brothers and sisters, this is, this is true. Are you willing to believe this? What are you willing to believe? If you can believe that he can forgive you of your sins, if you can believe that you're heaven bound, can't you believe that he has taken away all of your sorrows, all of your grief? Can't you believe that? Can't you believe that he's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit and you're going to have these spiritual fruit and spiritual gifts? Can't you believe that? You're worthy to receive the benefits from God. Jesus made you worthy. The corruption that was passed on to me by Adam, all my sin and rebellion, all my nastiness, and yes, that is a theological term, nastiness, I'm just telling you, that it was hung on the cross with Christ all of that stuff was hung on the cross with Christ. I don't need to revisit it. I don't need to keep thinking about it. I don't need to go ahead and try and join back up with it. It's there. It's there. It's dead. It's gone. Hallelujah. So now let's go to Mark 16, 15 through 18. He said to them, Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our standing order. Now, let me ask you something before we go any further. Was it possible for that small group of disciples that he was speaking to right then and there, was it possible for them to go and to speak the gospel to every creature in every nation? No. No. So is he talking only to them? Okay, thank you. So now we can go on. We all understand. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So does that mean unless you're baptized in water, you're not going to be saved? If you have time to do it, you better do it. You better do it. Now let's remember context here. He's talking about you need to be baptized in my name. You need to be identified with my doctrine, my theology, what I preach, what I teach, what I lived. Because remember when Paul even preached at Pentecost, what must we do to be saved? Repent, all of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. So that means now you're identifying not now just with the, the Jewish faith, with Judaism. Now you're recognizing that Jesus truly is the Christ. Jesus truly is the Messiah. So that's what Jesus is saying. You need to be identified with me. You need to, so when you're baptized, when you're baptized, you're, what? you're dead, dead, You're identifying with his death so that you could be raised in the newness of his life. It's no longer me, but him living in me. Hallelujah. Raised to live in the newness of life. For those of you who want to be water baptism, baptized, that's what we're going to be talking about. Hallelujah. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? I am I'm not, I, listen, I am not satisfied with having sick people in the church and not praying for them and seeing them healed. I am not satisfied in being a Pentecostal or quote-unquote charismatic church and never a tongue come out or never a prophecy. In, in, God tells us, desire spiritual gifts. I'm not satisfied. Why? Because he said that I should have these things. These signs shall follow those who believe. When he's talking about treading on serpents and scorpions, when you read other scriptures, line upon line, he's not talking about snake handling like some people try to do, that give that kind of thing a bad name. He's talking about demons. He's talking about the enemy of your soul. See, remember in uh, the chapter escaping me right now, I'm Luke 10 or something John if you can help me out. I, listen, remember when Jesus sent 70 out two by two, remember? Yeah. He sent them out and he said, you know, he gave them power over the over Satan. Right? Yep. And when they came back, they were all, you know, wow, this was great. In your name we have a, we have power over the enemy. And Jesus told them, don't be so excited about that. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But he he gave that power to not 12. How many apostles did he have? Twelve. How many disciples did he have? And that, at least seventy that he sent out. So it wasn't just power that the apostles had; it was the disciples had it. Stephen was a man. Uh, he was. He was mighty. Philip, the evangelist, performing all kinds of signs and wonders. These weren't the apostles. These were guys that were. Demons. These were guys. The, the, my brothers and sisters, I don't, I don't want to settle anymore. I don't want to settle. What, what are you willing to believe? I'm willing to believe that he said it, so I got it. Amen. But again, I want to tell you, it's easy for me in some areas, harder in others. So it may be easier for you in some areas that, I don't, that it's not as easy for me, but harder in others. So I don't care if, if, if I got an ailment in my... I'm going to tell you that. What was I going to tell you before? Listen. In the mornings, I get coffee, go to work, you know, and I get the cups. I get the Yeti. I to guard that because I might steal it. I got the Yeti. So I get out, I get to work, got the coffee, drink the coffee, put it in the cup holder in the car and I'm checking things out and getting aggravated with the guys and all that kind of stuff. And so the other day, I mean, I left it in the cart. I forgot all about it. So yesterday when I went to work, I had another cup from the house going through the process and all this other stuff. Well, I'm getting sidetracked. I got all this stuff. I took the old cup and I put it in the office. Then later on, I put the new cup and put it in the office. Still got a little coffee left in each of them, but the one was from, like, days before. So now I'm doing all this stuff. I go into the office later on and I take my cup. I start drinking some coffee. I put it down. Man, there's some grit and stuff and it tasted bad. So I looked at the cup. It was ants. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? And I told him that little old sugar ant man. There was a tree ant in there. I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. And I and I drank it. I said, "Oh my gosh, what an idiot!" I drank it. All right, and it and, and that. See, I was. I knew it tasted bad, and I could feel the grit and stuff in my teeth. Not open. I when I looked at it, I could see the ant crawling on the top. <laughs> And he was inside crawling out, and said, oh my God, how many of them did I swallow? And then I opened up the lid, and man, there's dirt in there, grass clipping. I mean, it's just bad. Steve, you, did you do that? So it was just bad. And then all of a sudden, instead of just having a bad taste in my mouth, man, I've, I felt kind of sick. I felt like bad, man. I'm thinking, what the heck? Now I just went ahead, finished working, did what I had to do. And then on the way home, I'm driving home, and I'm saying, well, Lord. I ain't going to make myself vomit. I'm not going to do nothing. If an ant bites me down on the inside, then he bites me. Here's how it goes. I trust you. You told me that I could drink something deadly and it ain't going to harm me, so I'm standing on your word right now. <laughs> I still have grit in my mouth. <laughs> I still couldn't wait to go home and brush my teeth. But I didn't go to the emergency right Now, I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm not. But in that moment, I mean, what do I do? You know what I mean? I probably could have went and said, hey, you know, I got this problem, that problem, the other problem. But it doesn't matter. What are you willing to believe? In that moment, I was willing to believe what he told me. I will drink up a deadly thing. I will drink a deadly thing. It won't harm me. And it didn't harm me. Now, I am not suggesting to any of you to do anything or to test him. That was an accident. It happened. It happened. It was an accident. And there was nothing I could do after the fact except trust him. What are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? You trusted him with your salvation. What else are you willing to trust him with now? Man, are you heartbroken? Are you heartbroken? Did one of your children break your heart? Huh? Are you heartbroken, young people? Did, did someone who, who you trusted, did they lie to you? Come on now, let's be serious. Did that person or people Did they cause you to have some emotional scars? Huh? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Hmm? See, because look, here's what I know. Jesus took all of that and he, he nailed it to the cross with him. He went ahead and he allowed himself to be so marred that he was unrecognizable. And then all of that Nastiness. Remember that theological term? All of that nastiness he took with him so that you and I now can be empowered to walk over that. You have power over the enemy. So now when the enemy comes to you and tries to remind you of those things that were promised to you that were never fulfilled by people, or when the enemy of your soul tries to remind you of those sorrowful moments to steal your joy, and when the enemy of your soul even tries to inflict something when I'm trying to speak to you right now, nay, the Holy Spirit is trying to speak something to you right now, and the enemy is trying to tell you something different, that ain't real. No. It's real. It's real. It's real. There are, many te- there are people in this room who have beat cancer. The Lord has healed them. There are people in this room who have had bad medical reports. I want to tell you something. When I was younger, I broke my back in three places. I did something silly, made a bad decision. I fell from a a height, hit the ground on some steel. broke. I mean, I literally was numb. I mean, I I was laying there, it was numb, and then man, my back was swollen. I just went ahead and worked and did all this other stuff. Then later on, years later, I found out I had three broken bones in my back. And it was bad because sometimes you work and I can't get out of bed in the morning. I had to roll out of bed, go to work, all that kind of stuff. Not any, now, I'm not saying, oh, oh, hooray for me. No, there are many of you who are suffering some stuff or have suffered some stuff. I'm about to brag on the Lord right here because I pray for the Lord to heal me all the time. I went to, a, I went to chiropractors. I went to an orthopedic one time because I couldn't stand it anymore. If I got to get operated on, I'm going to get operated on. That orthopedic said, well, really not a whole lot we could do. We could put this in your back, uh, uh, whatever they do, a rod or something in your back. And it said, well, here's, and she, and this person explained to me exactly what's happening. We could do this, but not sure how it's going to work if we do this. The other thing is, well, if you, as you're living now, as you're getting older, and this was when I was a lot younger, as you're getting older, what's going to happen is there's going to be some calcification that takes place, and it's going to pinch off the nerve, and you're going to end up dragging your foot. Ain't dragging yet bring it. Don't sing it. What are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? I trust God with my body. I trust God with my health. I got to start learning how to trust him with some other things, you see. But are you with me? There are people in here that can say the same thing. There are things that God has, testimonies in here over God has performed miracles for your children. My son was born with a deformed hip. He doesn't have one now. He doesn't need to prove anything to me. He already told me. What are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? What are you willing to believe? believe? Hallelujah. I want to believe it all. I want to trust it all. I want it all. I don't want one thing going without I want to be spiritually filled. I want everything that he's ever promised me. I want it all. I want your kids to be blessed and saved. I want my kids, my grandkids, I want them to be blessed and saved. I want a praise and a worship to be lifted out of this place like it was this morning. You guys praised him this morning. We were, the, the, the presence of the Lord was clearly here. So I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, he visited you. He he performed exactly what he said he would do. He inhabited the praises of his people. He was here with us. We entered in. Do we need any other proof? What do you want? What are you willing to believe? Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. You know, uh, what, is there anybody in here, what do you, or is there anybody here, you, this message it, it preached, it tracked with you, and you know that you're, there's something that you need to believe God for? There's something that you want to have faith for? You want to trust in him? Would you please come down to this altar and pray with me? Anybody, anybody and everybody. Let's fill the altar. Let's just pray to him. Just sit in your chair. There's chairs up front. There's chairs up front. If you need to sit, you could sit. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray. Let's get a hold of God. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I don't need to lay hands on you. God is here. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's receive from God. Let's receive from God. And kids, please, please. This is a very solemn moment. Very solemn moment. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah.